I'm so thankful that Jesus came to earth to be our Savior. I am thankful that he lived a sinless life. I am thankful that he died on the cross. And I am thankful that he rose from the dead. We celebrate that this coming Sunday. It's a great Sunday for you to invite friends to come. Palm Sunday, today we call the triumphal entry into Jerusalem, and it was anything but triumphal for the path that Jesus was going to trod in the next few days, but it certainly was triumphal to our faith. And we celebrate that resurrection um, next Sunday morning, so bring a friend along with you. And I would invite you to join us Friday night for our Good Friday service. There'll be communion, we'll be singing, worshiping together. And Nathan, what time do we start? Six o'clock next Friday night. Um, this coming Friday night, join us. It's a powerful evening of worship as we prepare our hearts for Resurrection Sunday. We've been looking at the last sayings of Jesus from the cross. He literally was dying to tell us something. Father, forgive them, showed us that the cross's purpose was lost people. Today you'll be with me in paradise, shows that he paid for our eternal salvation. Woman, behold your son, fully human. Uh, why have you forsaken me? It's okay to not be okay, but it's not okay to stay not okay. I thirst. He showed us that the scriptures matter and that he satisfies the thirsty. And then this short statement from the cross we'll consider this morning. It is finished. Now, I do not know exactly what Jesus meant when he said, it is finished. He didn't leave a commentary for us to follow. I think it's pretty clear some of what he meant, but what we know is he didn't say, I am finished. He didn't say, I am done. He's talking about the great plan of redemption, and in that he says, it is finished, fulfilling prophecy, providing for our redemption, and expressing that the price had been paid. Now, as I looked into that word, tetelestai, it is finished, is one word in the Greek, compound word, tetelestai. Began to understand some things about that word that I think are important in this context. Well, I don't know exactly what Jesus was saying or which way he would have applied that. I will tell you that that was a very specific word in the language of the people that was used in a specific way. And I want to explore that a little bit this morning because it gives us a full-orbed picture. I can't tell you which one of these meanings he meant, but I think he meant all of them. And it gives us a fuller picture of what it means when Jesus said, it is finished. So we're going to go on a journey for a little bit this morning, looking into the etymology of that word. That word specifically was used by an artist in the completion of a project. So what would happen in that era is that when a sculptor or a painter had completed their work of art, whatever that was, the artist would step back and look at that uh, painting or sculpture and seeing nothing that needed to be added, nothing that needed to be improved, nothing that needed to be um, fixed, would look at it and say out loud or to whoever was there to tell us it is finished. The work of art is complete. I began to think about that and wonder if that might apply and surely it does. God the Father is 
the artist. Jesus came to fulfill the will of the Father. But the Bible tells us in John chapter 1 that in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. It's telling us in the first part of John's Gospel that Jesus always was and always will be. He did not become the Son of God when He came to earth. He was the Son of God in eternity past and he'll continue as the son of God in eternity future but something happened in time that's revealed in verse 14 and it says this and the word was made flesh and we beheld his glory the glory as of the only begotten of the father full of grace and truth we beheld his glory one of the reasons that Jesus came was to be the portrait or picture of the glory of God the Father. God has shown his glory in so many ways. We see it in creation. The heavens declare the glory of God. The firmament shows his handiwork. We understand that. We see it written on our hearts, but the fullest revelation, and if you let me use that picture, that of an artist, he's creating a picture for us that we can understand of the glory of the Father. When he walked those dusty roads, when he healed the sick, when he cast out devils, when he hung on the cross, God is in a sense painting for us through Jesus Christ a picture of the glories of redemption. We're seeing the handiwork of God for all of mankind. The word was created. The word was made flesh. The word dwelt among us in human form. And everything about that is completed in him. And here's what I believe. When Jesus hung on the cross, he said the picture, the painting is finished. This is everything that there is. There is nothing more in the portrait that needs to be added. There's nothing more that needs to be understand, understood. It has all been portrayed. And where people struggle, where people have difficulties, is not seeing the beauty of the picture that God painted for us through his son. I was having a discussion and with, a, with family. We were talking about um, how important uh, the creation story is and about a Bible college teacher who said, a Christian teacher who said to his class, that he'd never seen a miracle and they'd never seen a miracle and so miracles aren't happening today. And this young man, my nephew said, but the greatest miracle of all is when a man or a woman gives their life to Jesus. Now, how many of you believe that? I do. Seven of you, the rest of you, I want you to repent of your sins right now and ask Jesus into your life. How many of you believe that that's the greatest miracle of all? Do you know why you believe it? Because you've seen the artwork, because you've seen the story, you've seen the picture. People who don't see that, who reject Jesus and reject the story, can't see the beauty of redemption. They'll criticize, they'll poke fun, they'll see things that they don't agree with. But Jesus said, the revelation of God that you're going to get is right now, right here at the cross. It is finished. We don't need anything else. I don't need to go to heaven and 
see it. I don't need to experience things of another sort because I'm just telling you a day came that I saw the picture. I saw the glory of God and I knelt and repented of my sins. It is a beautiful picture of God's love for us when the word was made flesh and dwelt among us and it is finished. We don't need anything else. It's the fullest picture that mankind could ever see. That word is also used in the assignment of a service. These were not, this was not a generic word. I hope you get what I'm saying. It was a word used in specific ways. When a servant completed the assignment of the master, they would walk to the master and say, Master, to Telestai, I've completed the work. I've completed the task. I've finished the job. The Bible says to us in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 7, then I said, Jesus talking about his life in this world, here I am. It is written about me in the scroll, I've come to do your will, O God. Do you remember how Jesus prayed in the garden? Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. I'm submitted to the will of the Father. And while the mystery of Jesus coming to earth, the mystery of all of that is that he was one with the Father in eternity past and is in eternity future. But for a period of time on earth, he is the servant of Jehovah. He is the servant of God. He came to fulfill the plan of God. He didn't come at a whim. God the Father willed every step of this. We see that when he is in the uh, temple when he's 12 years old and he has a sense of eternity. And he says to, the, to his parents, don't you know, I must be about my father's business. Why was he here? Because he was doing the will of his father. He is ministering, loving, caring, touching at the, at the command of God. He came because the father sent him <laughs> to rescue you. Come on. And I believe in that moment, the servant of the Lord hanging on the cross also was communicating to the Father, I have finished the assignment you gave me. <laughs> oh, I don't know if you felt that, but I did. That's why I did that a minute ago. I have finished the assignment that you gave me. There is nothing more that needs to be done for the entire world to be saved. Now listen to me for a minute. People will say, well, if I just had a revelation, if this would happen, if God would just show him, no, 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 no. The picture is done and the work is done. Do 
Do you want to see it? Where is it finished? Everything that you and I need in order to make it to heaven was finished in that assignment. His blood is enough to save every man, woman, boy, and girl that has ever lived on the planet. His blood is still powerful today. I was talking to a friend who was saying how strange it must be to come to a church and hear about the blood. Well, I want them, I want everyone to hear about the blood because without that, there is no remission of sin. Without that, there is no redemption. You've got to understand the sacrifice that this was not done at the hand of man. Jesus didn't die because he was crucified by Rome. He died at the will and command of the Father so that the world could be saved. And in that moment, he declares, it is finished. It's completely fulfilled the will of God. Nobody needs anything else. It's been finished. Are you hearing me this morning? It is finished. It's the expression of a servant to the master. Third, and this is another way that it was used. I found this fascinating. It was used in the assessment of a priest toward the sacrifice. The Bible tells us in Hebrews chapter 5, verse 1, every high priest is selected from among men and is appointed to represent them in matters related to God, to offer gifts and sacrifices for sins. It was a responsibility of the high priest, and you know the story, that once a year, the Paschal lamb, the Passover lamb, the pure lamb, the spotless lamb would be offered as a sacrifice and the blood of that pure lamb would be offered over the holy seat. Now there are other sacrifices as well and they oversaw all of them. We have the the red heifer and the purity of that blood and everything that goes with that but it was the job of the priest to evaluate whether or not the sacrifice was acceptable. There were rules for the sacrifices. You couldn't bring a sacrifice with a broken leg. You couldn't bring the lowest or cast off of your flock. That was never going to be allowed. But there was a responsibility of the priest to make sure that the offering would be accepted by God. They would bring their offering. You say, do you have anything to back that up? Well, I know that it started in Genesis Cain brought a sacrifice, Abel brought a sacrifice, and God said, Abel's is accepted, Cain's isn't. So you can't bring a sacrifice based on your own willpower or desire. It has to be a sacrifice that God desires. Hello? So when they would bring, whether it be the turtle doves, whether it would be whatever the sacrifice would be that would be brought, it was the responsibility of the priest to examine it. And if it was acceptable, the word you would hear in the Roman world at that time, in the Greek language or the Hebrew equivalent, was to telestai. It's complete. <laughs> it's complete. Oh, I don't know. 
Jesus is our great high priest. I don't know if he could possibly have been referring to the sacrifice. I'm not sure what all he would have been talking about, but I will tell you in that moment that that was the purest uh, sacrifice. It was ordered by God. And when the father looked at that sacrifice, when Jesus is responding as our high priest, it is finished. It is enough. Do you know what that tells me? It tells me that you don't have to work for your salvation. You don't have to add to it. You don't have to pay tithes to go to heaven to become a believer and then it shows whether or not you're really a believer, but that's a whole other message on stewardship. You're not going to tithe your way in. You're not going to pray your way in. You're not going to work your way in. You're not going to do alms because the perfect sacrifice has already been given. Hebrews is all about the fulfillment of the Old Testament sacrifices in the person of Jesus Christ. And the blood of bulls and goats no longer avails. Why? Because it is complete. It is fulfilled. It is finished. Jesus paid it all. I do believe that people of faith will produce good works. But I'm also convinced that good works will never produce faith. It's a relationship, a a payment, a satisfaction of the sacrifice that Jesus offered. Every high priest, the sacrifice has been accepted. How do you know that? Oh, how do I know that? Because the Bible tells me that when Jesus died on the cross, what happened to the veil in the temple? It was torn. I don't know how they knew this. I think it was the security cameras. But you could tell by the way it was torn that it wasn't torn from the bottom to the top by human hands, but it was torn from the top to the bottom. What was that veil? It blocked access to the Holy of Holies where the presence of God dwelt over the mercy seat. And when that was torn in two, God was saying that it is complete. It is perfect. It is fulfilled. And because of that, we can have boldness to come before the throne of grace to obtain mercy and find grace to help in our time of need because access was granted by the Father because the sacrifice was complete. Let's go another step. It was also the declaration of a merchant, a merchant who would say, it is finished. Now watch, when a promissory note was paid, so when a person in these times would borrow money or buy a dwelling, anything that required payments on a debt, a promissory note would be given. The deed to the property was not in effect until it was dated and signed. So the promissory note, when it was fully satisfied, would have stamped on the debt to telestai. Paid in full. Some years ago, 
archaeologists discovered an office in ancient Egypt that lets us know that this was a practice throughout the Middle East. In what today would be called a CPA's office, they found these promissory notes that had been saved and preserved. They were able to find them in the archaeological dig. They found a stack of them, and every one of them had inscribed across the bill to, to Telestai, paid in full. I don't know if you know this or not, but you owed a debt that you could not pay. And Jesus paid a debt he did not owe. I needed someone to wash my sins away. And now I sing a brand new song, Amazing Grace. Christ Jesus paid a debt that I could never pay. The thrust of that simple chorus and the truth of scripture is sin separates us from God. We were not created to be creatures of sin. We were not created to live after our own lifestyle. Do you know that if you want to, the best idea on how to repair or how to use anything that you've purchased, that probably, depending on your circumstance, the manufacturer is going to have the best idea on how it should function appropriately. And if you want to get the best mileage out of your vehicle, you want to get the longest life out of your appliance, whatever it is, there's a guidebook that tells you how to use it. And you can drive your vehicle until the oil runs out if you want to, but it's not made to run that way. Hello? You can argue with me about what sin is and what it isn't, and I'm just telling you that God made it very clear because the handbook tells us how we should live, how we should conduct our lives, and it will give us the best life that we could possibly enjoy. And when we turn from that, the one who created us has a right to hold us accountable. And with that failure comes a debt, a debt of sin that we have no way to pay. I've shared this story before, but it's the one moment where it's just burned in my heart. When our firstborn, Josh, was born, a lot of reasons why this happened, but we didn't have insurance. <clears throat> so after he's born, went into the hospital to get him and came home, and they want us to meet and, and have this whole discussion on how we're going to make payments. We got him on the installment plan. <laughs> we walked into that office. They looked over our tax returns. How are, you know, I don't know, 10 bucks a month. What are you going to have to have? What are we going to have to do? And I'll never forget. The lady is sitting on the other side of the desk. She takes our bill. And she took a pen and at the bottom, she wrote, paid in full. <laughs> A debt that I couldn't pay had been released. But I had a bigger debt, one of sin that weighed me down.
a debt of sin that I could not satisfy. Is there anyone in the house that knows what I'm talking about? And when Jesus cried out, it is finished. He is saying that the debt is paid. It's paid in full. There's nothing else to be done. It is covered. In that moment, the sins of history, the sins of the future, there's enough provision that if you'll repent and turn to him and lay hold of that payment, your debt is paid in full. Well, pastor, you don't know what I've done. I don't care. I've got, a, I've got a promissory note that says it was paid in full. Well, I don't think God can forgive me. Well, if every man's a liar, God is still true. And Jesus said, it is finished. I don't care what's haunting you. You need to see him hanging on the cross and your promissory note with your name and a debt you cannot pay has been stamped with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. And it says paid in full full. Your debt is paid. It was used in merchant and commerce. This one's a really fun one. It was also, I discovered, a term that was used specifically as a proclamation in battle. At the end of a battle, in New Testament times, when a victory had won, been won, either the commander of the army or an appointed soldier would step forward and face the vanquished, conquered foe, looking at them and declare, not peace, but it is finished. You have been vanquished. You are, is there anyone in the house right now? You are defeated. The battle is over. We have won. Stepping forward and saying to tell us die. The battle is over. There was something being said when Jesus said it is finished. I don't think it was just for us to hear. I, who, I believe those words echoed throughout the halls of eternity in the recesses of hell. The booming of that voice said it is finished. The battle is over. The victory had been won had the princes of this world known what was about to happen they would not have crucified the Lord of glory and when Jesus went into the grave it was saying to the devil and the sin and the warfare against us it is finished the battle is over he's won the war is that what scripture says yes in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. In all these things, we are more than conquerors. If God be for us, who can be against us? On and on scripture goes. 
We are overcomers. Greater is he that is in us than he that's in the world. And the spiritual battles that you struggle with are most often you fighting in your own strength, not laying claim to the victory that has already been won. Can you imagine a battle happening between two armies and the army announced the victory and the other submits and are brought into subjection and there's a soldier that steps off to the side and says to one of the soldiers on the other side, I don't think it's over. I want you and I to duke it out. That'd be silly. It'd be foolish because the battle was won. And you can't fight it in your own strength. You can't beat the devil on your own. But I don't fight him in my own strength. I'm not warring against flesh and blood. But in our spiritual battle, we have weaponry. We have authority. We have the precious blood of Christ that guarantees to us ultimate victory throughout eternity. In all these things, we are more than conquerors. I'm not suggesting to you this morning that spiritual warfare isn't real. I'm not suggesting to you that there aren't battles to be fought. And I'm not suggesting to you that we will always win. I'm suggesting the battle has been won. (laughs) And you have to identify with the commanding Uh, leader of God's army, the captain of the host, you have to identify with Jesus Christ and step into him and put on the armor that he's given us and operate as a conqueror, as a victor. I don't believe there's any place that God intends for us to complain and sing a sad song, woe is me, it's over for me, that's not where God wants you to dwell because when he hung on the cross, he said to all of hell, it is over. The battle's been won. The battle's been won. One last way this word was used. This is my favorite. That's why I saved it till last. When a Roman citizen was convicted of a crime, a certificate of debt listing all of his crimes, was nailed to the door of his cell so that anyone passing by could know what he had been convicted of and the extent of his sentence. There on his cell door was a certificate of debt, everything he had done wrong, and the punishment that he had to pay was anchored, posted, on the cell door. When the prisoner had served his sentence, do you know what the judge would write on the document? He would take that certificate of debt and he would write across it to Telestai. You're free. You're free. The payment has been made. Anywhere that he went... If he was questioned <laughs> If he was questioned by anyone, aren't you supposed to be in prison? Did you escape? Have you paid your debt? He was to carry that document with him everywhere he went. And when the accusations would come, 
When they would challenge whether or not he'd completed his debt to society, he'd pull out that document and show them the list of charges and the sentence that had been stamped by the judge that said, Tetelestai, it is completed, it has been paid, I am free, and never again could those charges ever be laid to his account because he had documentation that said it is finished it is over it's been paid well there was a certificate of debt hanging on your head and you know that apart from Christ you were dead in trespasses and sins that you were in a prison that sin made but when Jesus came and unlocked the door there was a document that was covered in blood they can't even read the charges anymore and when the devil comes to remind you of where you've been and what you've done and the failures you've experienced, I'm telling you, draw out this document, the word of God, and show him that on your account, it doesn't say guilty. There's no list of crimes. They've been removed as far as east is from the west and in letters dipped in blood, it says, it is finished. I am free. I am not bound. I can never be charged again. I have been made free to tell us die. It is finished. It can never be brought against your charge again. I know that we do terrible things. I've talked with just not that long ago with an individual who says, to me, I don't think if you knew everything I'd done, don't know if you'd forgive me. I don't know if God could forgive me. Oh, I know he can. I said, I know he can. Because I've got a document here. And I know it looks to you like it's blood red. But I carry it with me everywhere. And it says on there, it is finished. I am free. I am free because the price has been paid. Satisfied. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. I don't know exactly which one of those he meant, but I'll tell you, if there was an artist in the crowd... He'd have known what that meant. If there happened to have been a servant in the crowd, he would know what that meant. If there was a priest in the crowd, he would know what that meant. If there was a merchant in the crowd, he would know what that meant. If there was a soldier in the crowd, he would know what that meant. If there was a prisoner in the crowd, he would know what that meant. It meant the sacrifice, the masterpiece of redemption is completed. The assignment of the divine servant is fulfilled. The sacrifice for sin has been accepted. Our debt has been paid. The victory has been won. The prisoners have been set free because he said, it is finished. It is finished. 
and I don't know where you are today, if you're living in a place that it's not been finished for you, the provision is right here. If you're living in depression, despair, discouragement, and you can't get free from what's in your past, it's been paid for you. We need to trust the sacrifice because Jesus said, there's nothing more to be added. It is finished. And I just feel the presence of God in the room. I'd like every head bowed and every eye closed just for a moment. And it could be that you've prayed and asked Jesus in your life, but there is something in your past that continues to haunt you. You're a prisoner to that thing in your past. And I believe this is the moment that Jesus, who has already paid for your debt, wants to stamp to tell us die on your heart and set you free from that bondage with no one looking around. If you need him to do that for you, would you just slip your hand up and we're gonna believe for that miracle to happen. I need that thing in my past to go away. Yes, thank you. Yes, 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 thank you. Yes, thank you in the balcony. Yes, thank you. Yes, he's here today. Thank you, yes, he's here today. <laughs> oh, can you feel him in the house? I said he's here today. And he wants to stamp that on your heart. He wants to stamp that on your life. And as we worship for a few moments, all you've got to do is hear him say those words and speak them into your spirit. It is finished. When the devil comes around, just say to him, it is finished. When doubt starts to overwhelm you, just speak to that doubt, it is finished. There's freedom in that expression that Jesus made from the cross. Could we stand together? And let's take a few minutes, everyone in the house, to worship him and let him speak to us. Let him do the, do the re redeeming, relieving, freeing work that he wants to do this morning as we worship. And I hear the Savior say,
And let Jesus say to you, I meant it when I said, it is finished. It is finished. If you struggle with that, I don't, I don't know who you are, but I feel it really heavy on my heart. You struggle with that on a regular basis. I'm just not sure. Are you sure that he paid the price? If you're sure he paid the price, you can trust that you're on your way. Because he said, <laughs> I, don't, I, don't know, I, I don't know who needs to hear this, but he did not say, I'm almost done. He didn't say, I've done my part, now you do yours. He said, it's done. It's done. It's done. Walk in that. Trust that. Find your freedom in that. Because he died so that you could be free. If you're glad it's finished, let me hear your hands this morning. It is finished.
sure to join us Friday night. Be here next Sunday. It's going to be a great day in the house of God. Bring your lost apple with you Sunday, all right? God bless you. Shake someone's hand and encourage someone this morning. God bless.